You're listening to The Block Experience, all things decentralized and open source. Enjoy. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt the podcast here. I just want to say this episode of The Block Experience is brought to you by our first sponsor, Prime XBT. Whether you're looking to trade some of your favorite cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin, or even venture into other markets, PrimeXBT always has you covered. PrimeXBT offers traders access to a large variety of markets including cryptocurrencies, stock indices, commodities and even forex pairs. And also have some incredible features such as anonymous accounting, Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals, industry leading security and even the ability to offer 1000 times leverage. I've personally been using PrimeXPT for my trading uh, for the past few months and have had a great experience using the platform, uh, also using the platform's customer service. So I'm really proud that they're supporting this episode of the podcast, uh, bringing you guys uh, free podcasts every week. A link to the services PrimeXPT provide will be below, also a link to sign up to a new account. Uh, so thanks again, PrimeXPT, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I hope you continue and like the podcast. Enjoy. So firstly, um, Gosh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and chat with me. Um, I know things are a little bit crazy right now, so I appreciate uh, your time. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to just quickly start off by just saying how you originally got interested in like blockchain and crypto? Um, just take us back to the start about how you got interested in the space. Yeah, so I first got into the space when a friend of mine told me about the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, and he was actually working for one of the companies that was uh, a part of it. So I found out about that early. And then uh, at that point, I'd been an entrepreneur, businessman for a while, uh, not working a job, but looking for opportunities to make money or start businesses wherever I could. And this was one of those. And then I got captivated by the technology, the um, gains the craziness of the space. Um, I played a little recklessly in 2017. Luckily for me, that was rewarded and then gradually transitioned into becoming a trader. Um, and then shortly after that, I discovered crypto Twitter. Um, I thought it was a really awesome space. A lot of people sharing their journey, sharing what they were learning. And I decided to get involved in that as well. And that's how I'm sure you've heard of me and anyone who's listening to this podcast has also heard of me. And yeah, then it's been about three years, two years of crypto Twitter. And yeah, here we are. Crypto Twitter is a pretty crazy place. Like there's loads of different types of people. It's pretty hard to like gauge from your tweets. Like I would say anyway, from like, if you're like a full, like a full-time trader, obviously you mentioned like you're more of an entrepreneur and like you just follow like wherever there's an opportunity to make money. That's where you like, you sort of like, uh, pull yourself towards um you more of like a passive trader or do you like trade quite actively in the space like every day or how, how, how's your uh trading style let's say sure well um firstly it's exactly as you say i try to find opportunity i like to see where i can get the best roi on my time now roi isn't just how much money i can earn because the route to earning the most money isn't necessarily the most fun or enjoyable route so I want to get one good ROI on my time, but two, I also want to enjoy it. So 
trading right now isn't full-time because I actually think full-time trading is a bit of a disadvantage. Increases the emotional burden, the psychological burden, um, just makes it much more difficult and puts a lot of pressure on you and your trading. So what I prefer to do is trade alongside doing a lot of other stuff. So instead of maximizing my risk, I'll diversify it alongside a bunch of different income sources. So when I have negative months or bad months, I'm not too bothered. I know the system will play out over the long run and I can uh, keep working with that. And then for the other part of your question as to what type of trader I am. Well, so I separate trading and investing for what trading is to me. It's when you create a system, uh, a system that's identified an edge in the market, and then you execute that system to try and make money from the market. Whereas with investing, what I'm doing is exposing myself to risk and kind of getting myself out of cash, which is probably the worst investment you can be in guaranteed loss of about 2% a year. So that's my investing, which is very passive because I don't want to be too arrogant. I want to assume I don't know that much about the market, diversify and just keep myself safe and with steady growth. But with trading, I prefer more aggressive systems. Um, I'll be an intraday trader, uh, lots of short scalps that take anywhere from 30 seconds to an hour. Yeah, because I think like, I think this space in general, like you see a lot of like charts on CT, a lot of people talking on CT, <laughs> like a lot of people don't understand that because I had Scott Melkin on the podcast like two weeks ago. We was talking about like how to diversify your portfolio so that you're only trading with maybe a, like maybe 10% max of your entire portfolio is like in terms of like a trading account. And I don't, right. think, I think a lot of people who are like new to the space, they sort of seem, they, they think that we just have an account which has all our, our, ca our capital in it and we just trade that with like leverage it, it that's not how it works and i think there should be a real like uh i think there should be this the real thing where we tell people like your capital should be diversified into like a small trading account and then most of your other um capital should be in like long-term investments in things which will bring you uh income for like you know passively over time yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's just a fundamental misunderstanding of risk. Um, you've got so many people talking in absolutes on um, not just Twitter, but the whole space, because um, let's be real, there's a lot of money to be made here. And there's a lot of people who they're not looking for an income source, even they're looking for a frill, they're looking for a gamble. And there's a lot of money to be made out of that. Most exchanges are kind of like a casino if they can be approached as a casino unlike in a ca casino where the odds are almost always rigged against you uh, with trading there are ways to split those odds around but also if you're not doing that it may as well be a casino so if you don't understand risk you don't understand that your trading isn't guaranteed to make you money even if you put together an incredible edge um, you don't know how quickly that edge is going to decay all it takes is um, a bunch of people with a lot more capital than you to discover the same thing. And then that inefficiency, which you had disappears. Right. So to just go all in, it doesn't really make sense. And um, what Scott said, who I'm actually a big fan of, mm -hmm. I love his Twitter, um, putting about 10% in, well, that makes sense because uh, what is trading? It's remember I said with investing, it's kind of like uh, managing your risk exposure. 
Well, that all, all your trading portfolio is, is another form of risk you're exposing yourself to, to see potential returns that will outperform uh, the normal or the standard investment, which is cash. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're, even if you, as long as you're doing better than a minus 2% a year, you're doing better than cash. Right. And I think once you, I think there comes a time and a shift and everyone's like, I want to keep it more like CT focused, but like, I think after you've been in the space for a while, you start to get a shift in your mindset where you understand these type of things and you're not really looking for that quick buck, you know? Because everyone, we, I think we all understand that those who are here just to, you know, quickly throw on some leverage and try to max out an account, it's just not going to end well. And I think there's been a shift recently where, like, we've started to see people realize, like, uh, there's other things you can do for revenue in the space. Uh, maybe even mm -hmm. leveraging leveraging your time is much more valuable, I think, in my opinion, than leveraging your capital. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot more you can do in the space. Um, you also don't need to be a big account to do these things in the space. Like, I've made uh, one of the main reasons I got into the space was networking. Mm. And I've met so many incredible people just through Twitter, and most of them aren't even big accounts. The most impressive and successful people I've met a lot of them aren't the other big accounts on Twitter. They're just small accounts that like what I was doing, messaged me, and that was opportunity for us to do things together. Um, so that's one example, networking. Then you've got people doing awesome things like your podcast. Uh, we've got the Daily Chain, building a news channel. We've got newsletters. There's loads you can do. And I don't know if you've seen, I'm doing my uh, educational series on YouTube that's... Uh, uh, sponsored right now so that's another way i could leverage my time for money um there's a lot you can do yeah i completely agree and i think like like you say you don't have to like have a large account to do any of this like you could build a product you could build a service you could start mm -hmm. like connecting with people like there's so much stuff you could do one thing you mentioned there was your um obviously your uh, trading series or your course uh, you put out a p post a few days ago about like a mini series you was doing on leverage which we was just talking about um do you have any like tips or like any um, advice for like people who are who do want to use leverage but maybe can use it in a more conservative manner? Uh, absolutely. Well, my first piece of advice for anyone who is planning on doing leverage trade, leverage trading or any trading, is avoid it. Um, <laughs> the odds are against you, and you're probably going to lose money. Now, if you're going to proceed anyway, uh, use it smartly. So, leverage is a tool to control your position size and limit your exchange risk. So if you use a stop loss, which you always have to, um, that stop loss when it's hit should never really make you lose more than one to max 3% of your portfolio. So that's one thing you need to make sure you understand. Uh, leverage can change your position size and with the correct stop loss, it's not significantly increasing your risk. And then the other thing is counterparty risk. So say you want to trade with a 100K account. Well, what you can do is just put one Bitcoin on the exchange, then use 10X leverage. And now suddenly only one of your Bitcoins as opposed to 10 of your Bitcoins are at risk on an exchange and you can keep the majority in cold storage. Hmm. So yeah, those would be my tips. Yeah, I love it. Um, also, one thing I wanted to ask you was like, uh, what are some of like, like, so obviously you mentioned previously to me that um, some of your trading is semi-automated, let's say. Um, what are some trading tools you use uh, regularly in the crypto market to find setups, uh, for example, for like Bitcoin? Uh, so, Do you trade majority well, like just price action or do you also use like stuff like Fibonacci uh, retracements and stuff like that? 
Well, it depends on the system. So I combine different tools to make different systems. And then once I discover my edge, I just use the same tools again and again, mm. um, kind of like a systematic trader, but it's not completely systematic because there's discretionary elements to my system as well. For example, finding the exact level I want to call a support or resistance, there's discretion involved in that. Mm. And sometimes certain entries I may not take again because of discretion based on how the price is moving. So uh, this actually is a cool topic to talk about discretion. Um, the reason I don't trade fully robotically based on indicators is because I don't think there's much longevity in that. Mm -hmm. uh, trading is going more and more towards um, the algorithmic side. And as computers are getting smarter and smarter, uh, a lot of the inefficiencies are going to disappear, especially the ones that are extremely simple. So for example, if you have a moving average crossover, you trade off of. Now, I don't know any successful traders that do, but um, bear with me for the sake of the example. Um, we will have computers that can scan every single moving average combination and discover the efficient ones in a heartbeat. Right. So if that's what you're relying on, well, that's going to disappear eventually. So why not create a discretionary element in your systems to develop your own trading abilities? So a computer can't match it because your brain can go through several variables and uh, your subconscious mind just working based on your experience, that's going to be a lot harder for a computer to replicate than a system that's just based on indicators. So yes, I do use indicators. I like to use moving averages, uh, Fibonacci levels. I use uh, volume. I use price action as well. But I always try to incorporate a discretionary element to my systems for that reason. Yeah, I love that. And I also think like, how much of the market do you think is controlled by like trading is like mentality? Because like, if everyone's watching this level, right, which is like a defined support or resistance over like the past six years for Bitcoin, let's say like, let's say for example, the 6K level for Bitcoin is pretty strong. Everyone yeah. knows where the level is. Everyone has their, bill their bids or their sales filled at that level. And everyone knows like, oh, I'm gonna sell some Bitcoin at this level. So it, a little bit of it becomes a little, I don't know how much of it is this, but it could be a lot to do with like mentality of like everyone's watching the same levels of the market, you so, know? I mean, uh, that's an awesome question. And it kind of stems from the, is the market manipulated? Is it the actual participants, the mm. smaller participants that control it? And uh, my view on that is as traders, it doesn't really matter because uh, say scenario one is true where it is completely manipulated and it doesn't actually matter who's psychologically looking at it or not. If that's the case, well, when you're testing your systems based on past data, you're testing it against that. So the psychology you're trading against is the psychology of the people who are manipulating it versus if it is actually the market participants who are moving the price, well, then your data is testing against that. That's the beauty of technical analysis because all we're looking at is the price data and we don't need to know why the price moves exactly. We just need to know how it moves and find and edge in that. And also, one thing to mention is like you mentioned, like obviously, like quantum computers are going to become a lot more relevant over the next like ten years, twenty years. Um, For sure. Bots and algos are just going to like just like completely like get so much gains off the market. It's going to be insane. But how much of the market do you think comes from like fundamental news? I know it's a lot stronger in like the uh, forex markets and stuff like that. 
I, I, I do think there is a correlation, obviously, between the markets, like in Bitcoin and like news, which is which comes out regularly. Obviously, bots will, they probably will be, but bots may might not be able to pick up on that straight away because they're more mathematically based instead of like uh, fundamentally, if that makes sense. Um, actually, um, there are plenty of bots which incorporate things like Twitter consensus and general social media consensus already into oh, really? their trading. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, it's very simple to program. You just um, take the BTC dollar tag. You can okay. literally track, tag, track the number of times it goes up or down. You can do that with ETH. You can do that with any of the smaller coins. So um, the ones which are more easily manipulated. Build a bot that tracks when there's a steady rate of increase in the number of times that's being talked about on social media, and you can make money off of that for sure. And also maybe like it could track like uh, obviously stuff like Google Trends and stuff like that. It's all like pretty. You can access that type of information as well, which could. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um, with any trading system, whether it's fundamentals or technicals, what you want to do is isolate and use as few variables as you can because uh, it's easier to find edges that way. When you overcomplicate, uh, you, you're likely to just overfit and find really strict systems that are rigid and unable to adapt to changing market conditions. Whereas when you use less indicators, it's a lot easier to adapt and find the edge in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. What's your like just general opinion on the market right now? Obviously we've seen this huge move from oh God, like 4K up to like 6.7 now. Um, halving is four days away. I think a lot of people are getting very excited. Uh, what's your general mm -hmm. opinion on the market? Well, um, it's been crazy because uh, obviously we had Corona and yep. in my mind, and I think a lot of other people's minds, there mm. was no way that people are gonna be in this crisis as every, the economy is crumbling, people are gonna be buying Bitcoin. So naturally I was quite bearish and I was hoping that the price would stay down there for a while. That's why I started, I don't know if you've seen my passive investing series on Twitter where I'm just tracking my daily $15 buys, which at this point I think are up nearly 50% wow. since the last run, it's insane. Um, so I was hoping the price would stay down and we'd be bearish for a while and we can just accumulate, but stock markets bounce back, Bitcoin is not just bounce back, but it is rocketing up. Um, I mean, the weekly chart is looking absolutely insane right now. We've got one, two, That's three, eight four, week five, of, six, yeah, seven. Eight week yeah, eight weeks of straight going up. So there's no way I can't be bullish. There's no way I can't see eight weeks of straight green and not be bullish because by anyone's definition of a trend, at least on the medium to short term, it's a bullish trend and there's no disputing that. So most of my scalps and the scalp I took before this call, they've been long and they will be until the trend trade changes. So my logic, my common sense told me bearish price is going down, but the price decided otherwise and that's the way we traded. And what's your opinion on the halving? So um, I have absolutely zero opinion on it. I think it's a low sample size event and it's pure speculation to really say the price is going to go any which way based off of it. Uh, one thing you can maybe expect is volatility. If a lot of people have an opinion about it or um, the manipulators uh, want to manipulate it a certain way, perhaps it'll be done around the halvening. So besides an expectation of maybe volatility, 
no real thoughts on it. I think it's gambling if you try and predict what the halfling's going to do to Bitcoin. Yeah, because I, I think, like, maybe 50% of this move was pretty much, like, in my opinion, like, organic, right? So, like, we saw that drop down to, like, 4K. Um, and I think, and I once thought, like, when Bitcoin does, like, come back, it's going to, like, come back strong. But I think, like, this, the last move over the last, like, two weeks, I think it's been heavily driven by people getting excited about this event and, like, starting to get excited about, like, ooh, like, there could be so much profit in the market, like, Bitcoin is going to have, you know, and then people think, assume, like, the miners are going to have, um, obviously, half the rewards, so, like, price could go up. And I think a lot, yeah. of, this, I think a lot of this move is, like, speculation. Uh, it could be, but it begs the question, like we asked earlier, is it manipulated or is it actually driven by people? Um, I mean, a ridiculous percentage of the total Bitcoin is owned by a very small number of people. Um, who driving, who's driving the price up or down? I don't know. All I do is trade the price data. And uh, I think it's, again, we can come up with ideas, but it's pure speculation. And unless we can make money off of those ideas, uh, as traders, they're not really useful to us. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of them, like you mentioned, the large accounts that are holding Bitcoin, like most of them don't even move their Bitcoin. Like it's just stuck there in cold storage and it, it's just held up, you know? So Yeah, there's definitely data for that. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to mistakenly quote it and be corrected by someone in the comments. But um, yes, I do have recollections of seeing the data and it does look like it doesn't move much and most people own most of it. I'm guessing a lot of it's going to be miners. Uh, a lot of it's going to be people who got early, uh, got in early, and yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on just like traditional markets? Uh, I'm not sure if you was like invested in like 2008, but this is sort of somewhat similar, a bit more crazier maybe um, than what we saw in 2008 in terms of like a recession or like um, market swings. Do you trade? So do you trade traditional markets? Um, I don't trade traditional markets, but I do invest in traditional okay. markets. So um, I passively invest in traditional markets. I think the stock market is, um, and I'm going to get a lot of flame for this, but it's better than Bitcoin as an investment. There's more data behind it. Uh, it's been around longer. It's uh, just statistically, it's been proven to be safer. Yeah. So I think it, anyone who has more Bitcoin than they do shares in the stock market maybe isn't aware of the risks they're taking on when they buy bitcoin um so yeah i like to passively invest in the stock market it's been going up for the past 200 years or something so th th that's pretty pretty nice data to me and uh, you saw what happened the whole world can collapse and companies like how big was the airline industry right. that's yeah. been wiped down and the stock market's still going up um maybe it's manipulated maybe it's a ponzi doesn't matter, it outperforms cash. Um, and also when it comes to, like when you have higher net worth as well, it's a much better investment because you really don't have to worry about liquidity. Um, it can be very tax efficient as well because you just max out your ISAs in the stock market and it's a lot harder to do that with Bitcoin. Yeah, I completely agree. I think once you sort of reach that threshold of uh, net worth i think diversifying like we said originally um your portfolio entirely into different assets and different allocations is completely wise um, yeah there's definitely a threshold with it yeah. um, and it, it can make sense if you're at a lower bound to mm. take on more risk but 
within reason, you still want to have a long-term plan that maybe, so everyone wants to get to that ridiculous wealth. You still want to be investing in safer things just to make sure you're comfortable, mm. even if you don't get ridiculously wealthy, because it's a uh, survivor's bias. People look at all the people that have survived and made um, ridiculous returns, and they don't see that the majority of people do lose their money when they take on more risk. Yeah, completely. I completely agree. How do you think the, because obviously one thing that's pretty apparent and a lot of people are talking about right now in the US is that obviously jobless claims are like, like to say skyrocketing would be an understatement. Um, yeah, they were the market still, right, and the market st still seems to be going up. Um, do you have any opinion on that? I think it's pretty crazy. I, I don't invest in traditional markets myself. Um, I'm not too clued up on it, but um, I think it's like an interesting topic. Again, um, so that was more argument in favor of investing in the stock market right. because even if it's manipulated, well, mm. it can be manipulated in your favor doesn't matter whether things are or are not manipulated, look at them as they are, and then find how you can profit off of that. And if 200 plus years of data shows you that price go up over a long period of time, right. it makes sense to buy this asset, especially when you can use um, passive strategies that minimize your risk. Um, obviously, you can't just blindly buy, you need to have some understanding of the basics of portfolio management and um, your risk tolerance, uh, keep your psychology in check as well. Uh, similar things which are applied to trading, but these can be learned without too much difficulty and most people are capable of learning it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, a little bit of a different question. What What are some of like, let's say someone's just got into the space, they're excited, um, they're eager to learn about trading. What are some like big mistakes you've learned from yourself which you would like sort of advise people or like sort of want someone to know if they would getting into the markets right now before getting into trading yeah like what are some mistakes you've learned over the past like few years of trading or so one thing we touched on earlier um don't go in with the goal of going full-time mm. go in with the goal of going part-time if you succeed part-time which is a lot easier than full-time then chances are you won't even want to go full-time completely agree, yeah. going full-time so that would be my first piece of advice before what I said earlier, just don't, most people fail. Um, then other advice I'd give to beginners, uh, you need to have a basic level of mathematical ability. If you're not mathematically inclined, you're going to be at a severe disadvantage to people who are. People who understand things like variance, probability, who are comfortable with these concepts will be able to trade better than you can. And obviously, there are going to be exceptions to this rule, but generally, if you're mathematically inclined, you're going to perform better. Uh, you can teach yourself these abilities, but remember, this is now a lot of time you're going to have to sink in. Mm. You're going to have to teach yourself maths. You're going to have to teach yourself technical analysis. You're going to have to get your emotional discipline underway. You're going to have to learn how to develop a trading system. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and there are a lot of better skills, which will get you things you want, like money or even fun like enjoyable skills quicker than trading will so that will lead on to another piece of advice which would be make sure you really enjoy it like trading is great for me because i used to really really be into video games um to the point where it was one of the most fun things in the world i love doing it more than anything else and trading has been a beautiful thing which has replaced that old mm. habit and 
I enjoy it. I make money from it. And it's led to things like Twitter for me. So I've expanded beyond it. So keeps it part time. I really enjoy it. And yeah, those would be some tips for me. And I think one thing you mentioned on there was like the mathematically inclined, right? So obviously when it comes to like trading, obviously math is pretty much the most important thing. Um, let's say you are not like math, you're not a big fan of maths, but you want to invest in the markets and stuff like that. One thing you could do is like, um, if you're good with like English or like, like uh, researching companies, you could like research companies, um, check their books and like research in like projects, you know, instead of just looking at price action, investing in uh, the price action, you could invest in projects long term. But even when it comes to the research, uh, you need to know how much I guess, yeah. you have to invest. You, you need would, to know yeah. how to size those investments. If you're looking at books, how are you going to know if the books numbers are looking good or bad relative to someone who has the mathematical ability? Um, unfortunately, or fortunately for those who are good at it, uh, maths is the core of most every topic and subject. I think everyone, one of the most useful things they can do with their time is just go back to high school mathematics yep. and make sure you understand everything in high school mathematics. There are millions of courses online which can teach you that. And specifically for trading, if you're looking to get into trading, go find a statistic fo a statistics focused high school mathematics course and just go through it. Make sure you understand the concepts, make sure you're comfortable with it and make sure you enjoy it. Because if you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy that, you're likely not going to enjoy most of the number crunching and grinding that goes into trading. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I think one thing you did also mention was like people going full time. Like I think when you start trading and you start being profitable, you don't want to go full-time in like trading because there's more things you could do with your time and like like you mentioned a lot of the trading can be like semi-automated or it's, it's just like sticking to a strategy following the strategy and you already have your like buys and sells like set like a week in advance let's say for like the market and you, don't, you don't need to spend all that time like trading like sitting in front of your computer 24 7 that's not how it absolutely works, and also your strategies won't last forever right um i i've only been trading uh what I'd consider trading and not gambling for about three years now. And I've already had systems I've developed that no longer really work in the market. Mm. Um, that was with some very more dodgy markets like the altcoin market. But regardless, that was a lot of time I invested into developing systems that did make me money for a while, but I can't really use them anymore because liquidity has disappeared from those markets mm. and it's a nightmare to trade now. So with any system you build, it's not going to last forever. And there's so many skills which don't have that. So imagine if you spent that time learning to program or learning how to write really well so you can start a blog. Those skills are going to last. Those skills will um, keep making you money and they're always going to be useful. Whereas if you develop the skills to make trading systems and suddenly you go one year without being able to find a single edge in the market, you're in a very difficult position, especially if you're a full-time trader. So all these things just make it extremely risky and difficult. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, any last words? Do you want to quickly shout out where people can find you on Twitter, your course, for example, which I'll link below. Um, yeah, else you, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and um, I'm putting out a technical analysis course right now, which covers all the basics of technical analysis. And there's a slight mathematical focus to it as well. I keep it very simple so most people can understand, but I break down indicators, I break down price action and everything from a very fundamental way. 
so you can understand the basics, the foundation, and work up from that. So you have an intuitive understanding of tools you use, whereas you just, um, as opposed to just using them um, without understanding what they're doing them and not being able to adapt them to different market conditions. So yeah, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, and thanks for having me on the podcast as well. Amazing.